What's going on, Austin, surrounding areas, wherever you're from, or wherever you're at? This is the Grapevine. As always, I am Giannis Banks, and I'm here with my... Oh, what word do I want to use today? Hopefully it's a nice one. Well, that's what I'm working on. Oh, okay. Well, there's a lot. Yeah, I'm just Beautiful, not... wonderful, phenomenal. I can give you some. I mean, it was just Mother's Day. They were in the card. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Nikki Wooding. I'll take that one. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm ready for the weekend. I'm good. Oh, I know. We are all ready for the weekend. But you know what? Last week, we forgot to tell the mothers happy Mother's Day. So, happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers, grandmothers, aunties, everybody out there that I don't even care if it's your kid or not that takes care of a young one, mm -hmm. you know, in any capacity. I know there's a lot of people that have been influenced by women that were not necessarily their mothers. So, shout out to everyone. And I hope that everyone had a beautiful week, to use your word. Yeah. I hope y'all was able to do something for the mothers for Mother Day. Oh, yeah, I did. For those who, it's a bittersweet holiday for a lot of people. I also know that it's a hard time for folks who either recently lost their mothers or are without. So if you're one of those, you know, I, I'm hoping it wasn't too rough on you and you were able to find some comfort and memories or, or even, as you said, somebody who may be a mother figure mm -hmm. to them. Definitely saw a lot of social media posts for folks who were saying it was hard on them, this mother day so oh yeah oh yeah you know i definitely saw those posts and one thing i think our pastor said on sunday and he was talking about those that didn't have their mothers there to celebrate with them in person to have that day as a remembrance of the legacy that she left and the person that is instilled inside of you so emphasis on what you said is that i hope that everyone was able to find comfort on that day but before we go into our stories and everything we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do we are so glad that you've tuned in on here on KAZI, but there is a full show that you've got to check out. Our show is available as a podcast on various platforms. That's on Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, FM Player, Pandora, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and Apple Podcasts. You got to check us out check out the full show, get more in depth in some of our topics, and also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at The Grapevine Talk and Twitter at The Grapevine ATX. Yep. So that was all my housekeeping for the broom boy. Okay. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Speaking of this weekend, we survived. I mean, it was 100 degrees this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Summer is not officially here, but it's here. Oh, it's here. Oh, it was here. I mean, it was, I went outside just for a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like drenched in sweat just like for a couple of minutes outside. But I can say at night when the sun went down, oh, it was so beautiful. It was just so perfect to sit outside. I almost slept out there, but then I realized in the morning it was back to 100. I'll be back. And right. It's looking like 100 again at the end of this weekend. Ah. Uh, Sunday is saying 99, so I'm sure that it feels like we'll be in the hundreds. And if y'all don't know, I don't go by what it says it is. I go by what it feels like. You told Well, me. you can't go by what it says it is. You have an Android, so they lie to you. No, actually, mine's been doing more of the truth than yours. So no, I'm, it hasn't. Mine has been, been like 
Apple's been on it. I think they're listening to our show because they've Apple been Apple. better. And I've been good before that. We still are. So all Absolutely know, not. All I know is when the temperature says it is, there's always, but it feels like that's what it is. Isn't that 99 if it feels like 108? I'm sorry. I don't believe in that. So Yeah, what's up with that thing? You know when they like have the temperature and they say it feels like? And what you, like you was just jumping on me about that and now here you are. No, you were, no. I understand that part, but you were saying that you your phone is a reliable source. And we cannot say that because Apple's been doing a little bit better. And that's all I gotta say. A little bit better. They still struggling. <laughs> Alright, don't try that. They are. But yeah, what's up with that though? When they when the weatherman says like this is the temperature and it feels like why don't it feel like the temperature then? Yeah. I, I think somebody lying. I don't know if it's that you add humidity or whatever. I know they do that stuff, but still, how does the temperature feel like another temperature? It is the temperature it feels like. Dang. I think that should be the rule across the board. Oh, it's the rule I go by. So it's looking like 101 on Monday hmm. is what they're saying. And Sunday's 99. So that means it's going to be hotter than 99. Well, you know, we got to count our blessings, though, because in some cities and states across America, it's been raining. So they haven't been able to enjoy the outside. So, hey, Texans. And all those that have come from other states and have relocated to Texas. This is our normal for this type of year. Welcome to the 100 degrees mm-hmm. weather. Look, when it's 100 degrees, I, I probably would rather you rain down on me. No, I don't. Because I, I couldn't stand monsoon season in New Orleans. Let's, let's cool this off some. Yeah, that humidity was real. Alright, you ready to jump into these stories? Uh-huh. I just thought this was real cool. Not really much of a story. But, you know, Trevor Noah, he has the Daily Show on the Comedy Central. One of uh, the Formula Racers came on his show the other day, and you know what he said? What's that? He said that his favorite place on Earth, because Trevor asked him, where is your favorite place anywhere in the world? You know what he said? Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. He says Austin is just vibrant city. It's a little weird, <laughs> but he feels as though that it's his home. It's Daniel Ricciardo. I might be butchering his name, and I apologize if I am. He was talking about Formula One racing. We have the new Formula One racing track over at the Circuit of the Americas. And I guess they're gearing up for one of their races that's coming up. Actually, I didn't know that the track was still not, is it not finished? Oh, no, the track's finished. Oh. They've been having races over there since, wow, was it 2012, 2013? Well, they're doing something to it because he was talking about a simulator that they have to use because of the track. And it's different. I just thought it was kind of interesting, but he was going on and on about Austin and just saying how awesome of a place it is. And guess what? I have to agree. That's all. All right. Yeah. Here in Austin, there's not a lot going on, but state testing is going on. Oh, these poor kids and teachers, they have anxiety right now. You should have saw them getting on the bus. They are just so nervous about this exam. Yeah. It's that time of year where teachers, parents, students, <laughs> the counselors, I think everybody is is fed up with the star test, except for some of the legislators who make the decision to have to keep doing this thing it's really not necessary. It's not, but you know what? I am a firm believer of there has to be something to gauge of where our kids are at. And especially after coming out of a pandemic,
pandemic, I think that we really do need this gauge because we haven't had this test in a while to really see where these kids are. If you think about it, I have family kids that's in fourth grade, right? Mm -hmm. Their last time that they were in a full year in a classroom was first grade because the pandemic began in March 2020. That was part of that school year that got messed up for the end of the year. Right. And then, oh, well, not messed up, just became virtual, I should say. Mm -hmm. And then that whole next school year was all virtual as well. So this is really the kid's first school year back in a classroom. And I really do think that we do need a gauge to figure out what that looks like for our students and teachers. Is the curriculum that we have now, does it still work with these kids missing out for this much school? Again, I'm not a proponent of the STAR test. I do think there are better ways to evaluate kids, but I just think in this situation right now, we really need to take inventory of where we are in the state of education. Sure, I feel like that has been done with the test the teachers have been giving all year because at this point, the school year is, what is it, a few weeks to the school year is over? Right, so this test will be used for next year. So basically what happens is, um, and they sent these home to the parents and everything else, that if your child does not not pass the star test. First of all, it does not mean that your kid's going to be left behind. And that's one thing that the districts are reiterating to parents right now is that your kid is not going to be left behind. So here in Texas, the kids that don't pass it, they'll have additional instruction that they will have. This kind of prepares the schools for next year to see what teachers and what needs that the students have and what resources they are going to have to expend to make sure that our kids get the best education. I'm still from the old school of I've done these tests too. Yeah, we have to say we took the toss. <laughs> right, and I hated it. I came from out of state and hated it and was getting, you know, A's in pre-cal and they're like, well, no, you struggle with math. I didn't need any extra help. It was just I hate that test and that, that process. For me, I've always felt like, and coming from an educator, I've seen how teachers can do that. I did advocate for back in my days in the Capitol that if they're going to do this test, kind of what you're saying, if this has to be done, it shouldn't be punitive. It should right. be, nah, I forgot the word we use, but yeah, or you and can I, do I, a check. But yeah, I think though it shouldn't have that pressure of, well, we're going to get you some some extra help when the kid just may not be, like I said, I, I hate those tests with a passion that I would really, i try, but then I just would be like, man, I'm done with this. I'm tired. And Right. And then if they go into those supplemental classes, if they start performing well, the teacher can't opt them out of that class. So there is options for them to get to place out of it. It's very different from the toss test that we had back in the day because those tests then you couldn't pass to the next grade level back then. I'm glad that that requirement is definitely gone because that was stressful back then. I don't remember it. I know if you remember, uh -huh. but there were a couple of my peers that didn't mm -hmm. graduate because of that test back then. Mm -hmm. So I had to do um, summer school because but, of that test. Really? Ugh, I hated that. The toss test, I just think that the repercussions of not meeting their quote unquote standard on that test, it really put a lot of pressure on us. And on top of that, I think that for a lot of people, it was just, they gave in. Because you guys remember, they put so much into the school year for them to go to a test and be told that they can't graduate. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? For that test to hold that much weight, that's a lot. Yeah. You I, know? It is. It's, it's, there have been messing with teachers for so long that I know we too also have to have some faith in the educators with what they're doing. I just wanted to make sure that parents and students are aware that I know this test was stressful, but yeah. We have some work to do in the education system. Yeah. All right. You ready to move? Okay. The 
that story was crazy. This first one, oh, I'm mad we started with a crazy story because all these stories were crazy. Uh, <laughs> they all crazy. You have to start with at one of them. Right. <laughs> it's true. All right, going into an interesting story that's actually here in Austin. Mm. Uh, well, has ties to Austin. We'll put it that way. Not here. Right. A Los Angeles woman by the name of Jade Benning. Mm-hmm. She told police about 30 years ago that a black man killed her boyfriend. And it has been listed as a cold case since. So new forensic evidence and an anonymous tip has now led the police to reopen the case. What's interesting is she's now a resident of Austin, Mm -hmm. and I think she owns a business here, right? She had a business on South Congress. Okay, yeah, she would have a business here in South Congress. And now this new evidence is pointing at her. It's a belief that she stabbed her boyfriend to death. She is currently in the process of being extradited back to California to face charges of murder and to see if they can get some more information about what happened. It's just interesting that this story has been cold for 30 years under the guise that a black man was a suspect of this case. So you mean for 30 years the police have been looking for a black man that stabbed her boyfriend? I don't even think they've been looking. I uh, yeah. believe her word. And I, that's the, the real problem. That yeah, This was in 96. Right. And they never even questioned her story. She told them what it was and they ran with it. And wow. it was like, oh, a thug? Got you. Cool. It had to be. They never looked to see, okay, is there things that don't add up about this situation? And when you read about it, a lot of it doesn't add up. Like She claims that she woke up to somebody stabbing her boyfriend. Right. She tried to jump in to stop the fight, and that's when she got cut by the, the guy yeah. on her hand. <laughs> and this lasted like 15 minutes, hmm. the neighbors were saying. They didn't question anything. They were like, okay, got you. Cool. This wasn't that long ago. Like, 96, you still had CSI shows and other shows. And if you ever watch any one of them shows, it's always, like, the first person they normally look at is the lover, the spouse. The partner, whatever, right? yeah. Here, there, she told them, some black guy did it. That sounds right. Right. He was a thug? Mm-hmm. Right. We knew it. And they ran with it. Since they got this letter, it's now. And I'm glad some kind of justice may come out of this. Mm-hmm. But it's problematic that it took this long. And I think mostly because they took her for her word and nobody did any kind of fact checking to see. Does this make sense? Right. Los Angeles police already have a history of discrimination and things of that nature. So I can't say that I'm surprised of all police departments, right, that this is coming out of. Imagine if they really did find somebody who met the description. They would have been spending all this time in jail to only find out that it's not true. And it's happened before. Oh, yeah. Over and over. Right. This is just an example of, I think, when people make the Karen connotation and people are offended by it and things. I think that's when people are trying to connect these situations to the use of the police to, what am I trying to say? Well, it, it's, it goes along with not even just using the police. I know you're, you're getting with using the police to carry out your justice or your revenge. Yeah, whatever. there you go. It's it's the great black boogeyman that's always, that, that's been there for them. Right. And it's that go-to of, as long as I say it was somebody black and I was scared, they're going to believe me. Emmett too. Right. And it's 
carrying out your prejudices that you have, mm-hmm. knowing or not knowing, because mm-hmm. you have some folks that's not me, that's not who I am. Right. Apparently, because the first thing you did is you wanted to call the police and say, oh, well, I'll just, <laughs> how many times have you seen videos of, of the folks lying? They screaming, oh, they attacked me. And the guy, right. you know, 10 feet away, like, what? Right. It ties into that. And it just shows that, yeah, there's that distrust of the system for a reason. This is it. All she did was say she saw one or it was a black guy. And they ran with it. No digging to the story or see what does make sense or doesn't. Because, I mean, somehow the way they had to force themselves into the apartment, if that was the case, right? You can tell if somebody broke in, but yeah, whatever. And, you know, speaking of these kind of stories, there's another incident that happened out in Georgia, right? There was a guy, black man by the name of Darius Rice. He was in Henry County Quick Trip store, went to the restroom, came out, and accidentally bumped into a lady. There were surveillance footage that showed that he asked to be excused and made the waiver like, hey, you know, I didn't mean to hit you or bump into you, and walked out the store. Well, next thing you know, the woman is accusing him of grabbing or touching her inappropriately. Just so happens that her husband happens to be the sheriff of Clinch County. His name was Stephen Tinsley, and he handcuffed him and tossed him to the ground outside the quick trip. So Rice's girlfriend goes to record the scuffle, and when she does, April Tinsley, who is the wife of the sheriff, grabs her phone, throws it down, and engages in the fight with the girlfriend. The attorney has gotten retained and gotten the footage from the quick trip that shows that he did nothing wrong. But do do you see how quick they were to react off of allegation and obviously a misunderstanding of what had just happened? I mean, you add into it that it was his wife. Right. The sheriff's wife. The sheriff's wife. Correct. Uh, you add into that clearly you're not the one that's supposed to be investigating or, or doing anything because you have that conflict of interest well from, yeah from jump right uh <laughs> This isn't the first time, sadly enough, something like this has happened. It's exhausting because it's just frustrating that we are constantly put in a position where anything can be used against us. And that's a statement that you make when you're arrested or when you're in a court of law. Right. Not just living your life. Right. And that's what my frustration is, is just like living while black is not a crime. And it's sad that the sheriff couldn't defuse the situation or do more investigative or take on more of a mediator role in the situation with his wife and chose to slam him to the ground and do all that he did in order to be the big tough guy in the situation. It's just crazy. Like, who do you turn to if you can't turn to law enforcement? I, I can't say over the radio. So, um, Ghostbusters, is that what you were going to say? No. And, <laughs> you know, there's. I know what you were going to say, but Ghostbusters. There's. It's, he still has charges pending against him. So, yeah. And he's, like you said, was former military. Right. Um, and he's currently a mil- military contractor. So it's not like Darius Price was some guy just off the. Sh- well, even if he was off the street, I want to say that that still doesn't make the situation right. Right. However, he's a military vet, he's a military contractor he's served our country and this is how he's treated and if the charges don't go away he can lose his job right so there's that as well (sighs) well i'm gonna let you take this next story because you know what it's about it's about dams again i know and mom and dad i did not mean that in any other way but you know the water you know how when you're a kid you're like no i didn't mean it like that i meant the water dam Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm still saying it it's (laughs) fine but still sticking to my story you know we have dams all around us Mm -hmm. and even was a couple years back we had a bad rain and one of the dams collapsed i forgot Mm -hmm. what town it was and washed the road away the 
it washed away. Mm-hmm. Basically, what was happening is they had this study come out and said that you know there, there's about 2,200 dams they surveyed that are poor or basically insufficient that needs are, are in desperate needs of, of updates. Mm. They are about 50 years old. They're lacking. Right. Uh, what brought this about is one we have the weather that's been changing. These storms have been more violent. Who they've been intense. A lot of these dams aren't made 50 years ago. You know how the weather was. Weather has changed in 50 years of how intense they've been. So I'm, it was still hot in Texas, though. It was hot, but it doesn't. It, it, it could take some of the, the rain and wind has may have been coming, right? And right. it's all over the country. So it, this isn't just a Texas thing. There was two dams last year in, in Detroit that broke and had issues with. And so that there is money that's from the infrastructure bill that passed that's going to help some of this. It's still about, I think, like $76 billion short when it comes to having to update all the dams and other infrastructures that we have. And so part of the problem is that when you see the folks over in Congress, when they're bickering about how they're trying to take care of the country, mm-hmm. here's this pressing need for the country that you would think would be like a no-brainer, a layup for anybody, that they're not trying to do much with. And, you know, it's one of those we always talk about how elections have consequences, but these dams can have people's lives at danger. Because mm. you look at a dam, you expect it to do its job. It has one job. Right. Right, water. Or retain water. Right. Keep the water away. Okay. Oh, I'm bad. <laughs> That's the aquifer. Yeah. <laughs> keep the water away, right? It, that's its job. You, you know, you had one job, damn, and that was to keep the water from coming our way. Mm-hmm. If it can't do that, it, and it's not just the national, it's at the state levels as well. So uh, while we, we, you'll see them have all these distraction conversations mm-hmm. on different topics, mm-hmm. it's more or less for folks to be aware or pay attention that, you know, there's a lot more pressing than anything they're trying to distract you with of, I'm going to do this or I can't get this done because of some mythical CRT boogeyman mm-hmm. when you have a damn boogeyman right there just falling apart. Yeah, it, it, it's all over this, the, the the U.S. And so if you have dams in your area, you know, I, I would strongly encourage people to contact their reps, contact their Congress people. This is their job and this is your livelihood. Um, your life could be even at, at danger at times. And so because there's even some dams people drive across. Right. What is that going to look like? And that was actually one of the dams here in, in Texas that fell apart. It's widespread. Like I said, it's seven billion dollars is needed to update these dams. Seven billion. I'm sorry, seventy-six billion. Seventy-six. I, I shortchanged it. Yeah. And there's been dams that's just been collapsing all across the country. So more of a safety thing for y'all to make sure that your dams are functioning properly and that you're when they're having conversations at the state or or the local or federal level, mm-hmm. you may want to ask them about your dams because there's quite a few that are, are not looking very good. So Yeah, so Nebraska, Michigan, South Carolina. Yep, Kansas. Missouri, we are talking to you. And Ohio. It just keeps going, right? Yeah, it does. Wow. I didn't know this was a major thing going on. (laughs) It's It's pretty widespread. Thank you for bringing our attention to that because that does fall in between the cracks between all these other stories and headlines going on. Speaking of headlines, remember last week we had a leak in the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Got another one. There has been a deep dive report by the Washington Post on Chief Justice John Roberts. And it's suggesting that his clout might be waning among his fellow justices. So they're claiming that Robert's authority and power might be on the decline following the bombshell draft that was leaked to overturn Roe v. Wade. Right. And now this is being leaked about his lack of persuasion, I guess, on the court. In the leak 
quote unquote, I guess, mm-hmm. it mentions how in December he had told the conservative faction wing of the Supreme Court. The five justices. Right. That okay. he's planning to write an opinion that's going to keep Roe and Casey in place for now. Okay. He was going to uphold whatever state law is being challenged. Mm-hmm. They weren't that interested in that. And in this opinion. Right. Right. And of course, this is from an inside source. So the court hasn't commented on this yet, but it's showing how, like you said, he may not have that control over his court as a chief justice, as you may think he would. Dun, dun, dun. The plot thickens. So now, do we think that one of the five conservative judges may have leaked this to show his lack of power and authority over them? And the fact that he already said that he wanted to have an opinion that was going to go and continue to enforce this ruling. And now, in defiance, they not only wrote an opinion, but leaked it out. Oh my gosh. Well, Law and order just it, happened on the grapevine. It depends who you talk to. I know Senator Cruz. Oh lord. Was it, in Cancun? Did, it, he, did, he, did he do his... <laughs> yeah, he actually was in D.C. when they talked to him. He's, uh. According to him, you'd have to be an idiot to think that it wasn't anybody but a left-leaning person who leaked the opinion, even though the reporter had questioned and pushed him on it. How It, it could be a conservative or somebody right-leaning who just happens to be pro-choice mm-hmm. and could be doing it. And to him, he said, well, do I look like an idiot? Mm. You don't, You can just see that it's obvious. It had to be somebody from, from the left. But Ted Cruz asked if it looked like an idiot? Yeah. I digress. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> This is an unprecedented time for the Supreme Court. Uh, right. Definitely w- without what's been going on and waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, with Roe v. Wade in the balance, if you will, Governor Abbott has said if Roe v. Wade fails, mm-hmm. that they'll focus on adoptions and preventing women from seeking abortions elsewhere. So he is, I guess, transitioning his focus from not only limiting the access within a state, he's now shifted his focus to making sure that you can't go anywhere else to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The Senate is going to send it. <laughs> Not the Senate is going to send it. As long as Dan Patrick is there, they're going to send it. And of course, you have others who have chimed in mm-hmm. who said they don't want to make it just outlaw. They wanted to make it unthinkable. This is, of course, Briscoe Kane, who was the author of that terrible voting bill from last session. Yeah, they probably going to try to enhance mm-hmm. the bill they passed earlier dealing with, I guess, snitching on abortions so you can get paid if you, you do it. I'm sure they will try to enhance that. And no telling where else they're going to go. I can tell you from previous times of being in that capital, I've heard of them talking about doing away with contraceptives as a whole. Wow. And now, that hasn't come up this time yet. But I will say there are those who believe that the contraceptives shouldn't be there. Or if they are, maybe just for married couples. Governor Abbott, he's on the roll right now. So while he's dealing with abortions and adoptions, he's also dealing with education, too. Apparently, he wants to challenge a 1982 U.S. Supreme Court ruling that requires states to offer free public education to all children, including those lacking legal immigration status. Basically, Governor Abbott is saying that if you are undocumented, you are not going to receive the free education here in Texas. He's tried once to limit the state responsibility to educate non-citizens. I think that time has failed, but he thinks that he can resurrect this case in the Supreme Court and challenge the issue again. Why not? If that leak is accurate and it does happen that way, Mm -hmm. there were people like, yeah, this would probably just open um, the bucket Mm -hmm. of folks bringing in cases that had been stricken down before Mm -hmm. to say, hey, this is a different kind of court. Right. Let's see what else we can get. Right. And it's 
it's definitely misleading what he is saying about the undocumented here and going to school. We don't have a state income tax. Mm-hmm. If you buy stuff, you pay taxes. Right. That money is used to help pay for education. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that somebody is here undocumented isn't buying anything. You got to eat. Right. You got to get clothes, right? Mm-hmm. So you are contributing to the tax system. Right. But did you hear his statement, though? He says, we're talking about public tax dollars, public property tax dollars going to fund these schools to teach children who are five, six, seven, ten years old who don't even have remedial English skills. This is a real burden on communities. What can you do about that? Wow. This is the same guy who wants to use public tax dollars to pay for private school. Right. And this is the same guy who has deployed Operation Lone Star. You had this issue at the border already. These are just issues regarding immigration alone. Mm -hmm. And his quote unquote deals with the the border Mexican countries. It's just been a mess. And I just hope that people see this and don't forget it in yeah. November. Look, I would say, as we kind of hinted at, if if there's been a 5-4 ruling in the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. look for... Now, of course, they can't just say, let's bring this case back up to the court and have it redone. There has to be actually a, a Standing, live case, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be something new happening. But I would say, if you've seen a 5-4 ruling in the Supreme Court, if what happens, what people think will happen with Roe versus Wade happens, mm-hmm. I would expect to see a lot more cases popping up or trying to get back to the Supreme Court oh, yeah. to see if that 5-4 would now change. Correct. Well, they're now tilting their favor. Yeah. You know what? Before we go to break, one quick story. Did you hear that financial advisors are actually telling people not to pay off their student loans? I have not heard that. Okay, so allegedly, and that's all I'll say, because I, I really want to read more, more into this because it was on Bloomberg of all sources. They're saying that don't bother paying off your student loan debt right now because they're waiting to see the approach that President Biden will make on loan forgiveness. There has been speculation and talk about President Biden looking to forgive about $10,000 per borrower. And he's recently extended the payment moratorium for loans until August 31st. That, of course, was an extension from, I think, two or three extensions that we've had for student loans as well. They're saying as the White House continues to ponder and figure out what exactly they're going to do to help student loans and the debt that people should use their money to pay off other things like credit cards, maybe your private student loans or anything else that you may have until this is figured out. Right. I don't know. I mean, think about it. I guess right now you're not getting any interest on the loan. So I guess as far as a penalty, there really isn't much for non-payment. Right. But say nothing does happen. You are starting back over. Right. Uh, it's a difficult situation where I can understand as a hey, we're expecting him to do some kind of forgiveness, mm-hmm. whether it's all 50000 10000 whatever it is. So I'm just going to wait. But like you said, there is the other side of that coin of, well, if it does come back, I could have been paying down interest-free on this loan, so that would help me pay it down sooner. Correct. And there's and also the side of I could use that money for other things as well, whether it's, look, you may need a, a, a you may want to travel and, and get away because everybody needs to relax. But then there's the other side as well as, hey, I want to get rid of my debt because it's mentally freeing. Yeah. You know, and even if you want to put that money towards your debt, I think that just having that burden off your back is 
such a freeing feeling that I don't think that it's a bad, we should knock people for yeah. taking on that responsibility. Look, I'm not knocking you whichever way you want to do it. Right. You may be somebody has been a rough two years and like, you know what? I need to just take a trip to refresh, replenish. That money you have been making from student loan payments, it might go for that. It may not. You will have some options and I think the argument a lot of people have made about forgiving student loans is that people would put that money back into the economy. And for the most part, I, I would see that happening because you now have $400, $300, $200 of extra money you can use towards something, right? Right. Whether it is stocks, bonds, or what have you, or just something to treat yourself. There's people who are doing that. So what I tell folks is just do what's best for you. Right. You figure it out. Don't listen to anybody else telling you whether you should pay it off or not. Right. Um, everybody's situation is different. Correct. Do what's going to be best for you and what you feel like is the best decision for you. And at the end of the day, we'll just live with whatever happens or doesn't happen. Right. So advisors, actually, they're taking a note from your book because you've said this over and over again, that the moratoriums are the Biden administration's way of kicking the can mm-hmm. until he has enough support in Congress to pass some sort of more comprehensive reform. And we don't know if we're going to get a full forgiveness package or it's going to be a certain amount. If there are going to be some income caps, they're probably going to go off a previous year's tax returns. So be aware of that. Also, they're saying to be prepared to file for income-based loan forgiveness if necessary. There you go, man. These, these, <laughs> these, look, these loans are burdensome, I will I say. Know, I know. So. Yes. How you feeling good? How you feeling? Yeah, I feel, you know. Man. Stretch it out. You got to stretch out and everything. Had some water. Okay, cool. Well, you, your vocals are fresh. Yeah. <laughs> See how much longer they're going to last. <laughs> we'll see. We shall see. All right. You ready? Let's jump into a legal minute. Let's go for it. So I don't know if you heard that the rap star Young Thug, whose real name, Jeffrey Williams, was charged in a sweeping grand jury indictment that identified him and 27 other people as members of a criminal street gang and charged them with violent crimes, including murder and attempted armed robbery. The indictment alleges that Mr. Williams is the founder of Young Slime. Life, which is a criminal street gang that began at Atlanta in 2012 and affiliated with the National Bloods Gang. Mr. Williams, or rather Young Thug, has had a successful career thus far, several number one albums, and runs a successful record label called YSL Records, which stands for Young Stoner Life Records. The label refers to its artists as the Slime Family and even had an album that reached number one on the charts in 2021. Again, in the indictment, they are saying that they was a violation of the RICO, which is the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organization Act, which is closely modeled on the federal law that has been famously used against organized crime members. Now, this has been the issue that's been going on in Georgia because there has been a rise in organized gang activity recently. Officials and prosecutors are saying that Atlanta region has historically not been a place that has been prevalent for gang culture, which is more rooted in other spaces and places across the United States and it's becoming an issue because 75 to 80 percent of all the violent crimes that they're seeing in the community are from gang activity. This is a lot for fans because the arrest of Young Thug as well as Young Gunna. Both of them were arrested as a part of the 28 people that were listed in that indictment. This story is still developing to see what is going to happen. Will there be a bond set or anything else? 
we don't know. But all eyes are seeing what's going on in Atlanta because what we've heard is that 2022 was supposed to be the year that they were cracking down on rappers and artists. That there were a lot of cases, federal cases to be exact, that were targeting them for various activities that have been going on. You know the percentage rate of federal prosecutors are pretty high. Usually when they bring an indictment, they have enough evidence to prosecute and convict. So we shall see what happens. Mm-hmm. In other news, the arrest of former NFL player Earl Thomas after he threatened to poison his ex-wife and their kids. Earl Thomas has been arrested multiple times and he's been accused of abuse by multiple women. In this particular case, an Austin judge has issued an arrest warrant for the former University of Texas and former NFL player Earl Thomas, saying that he violated a court protective order by sending threatening messages to a woman about her and her children, which now has come out to be his wife. He texted the woman that he obtained two handguns earlier that day and basically texted her again, threatening her physically and threatening the life of her and the children claiming that I'ma let my mama and my cousins poison the children. And there were expletives, of course, in there. The woman told police that Thomas suffered several concussions playing football and may have CTE. According to records, he was arrested in Travis County in February 2021 on a misdemeanor charge of carrying an illegal weapon. I guess he was trying to communicate with his ex-wife about when he could see the kids and the situation escalated to his arrest. Yikes. Unfortunately, when it comes to CTE, you never know until after they die, right? Because you have to check the brain. There's some symptoms that they will have out there. Mm-hmm. Forgetfulness, mood swings, etc., etc., that can kind of hint at it. But you never know how severe, of course, until after you pass away and they cut you. If you donate your brain to that so it can be checked and they see how it is. It's He has a history. It was a couple years back when him and his brother was having fun with the same girl. Mm. And they got caught caught by his wife because she logged into his Snapchat account to oh, see wow. where he was. And that's where she saw the video. Now, they were doing it in the Airbnb rental. So she tracked him down with his own gun. And there was a case that came from that because she was saying she was just trying to scare him and not use it. Mm-hmm. But she did put the gun to his head. Mm-hmm. But she said she took the magazine out. It seems like both of them might be a little short of a few cards. But it sounds like there's two sides to every story. But this isn't looking good for him at all with his past. And just, I hope this stuff that they're saying isn't true just for the safety of the ex-wife and the kids because you're talking about poisoning your kids right right and if he is having cte symptoms i don't know what all they can do to help with that but i know they're working on it and i'm hoping he can get some help that he needs right Wow. (sighs) It's a sad situation because like you were just saying, CTE can't be discovered until after someone passes. So you just have to watch the downward spiral until you get to a point where you can just discover where the issue is. And I'm hoping that technology at some point can get to a point where it can be discovered prior so that we can get people help in the resources that they need to operate in society and not hurt themselves or anyone else. Wow. There is a website out there where they're encouraging anybody who's played football. Mm-hmm. at any level mm-hmm. for any amount of time and I'm, I'm trying to find it that you can go and sign up so they can I guess try to help you out or keep track to see what is happening Warren Sapp is, is something that he's been pushing as of late yeah we'll find it and share it to our social media page right so if, for those who want to go to that website and, and sign up and do whatever like I said they want to 
on anybody if you play football at any level doesn't have to be nfl high school college pro wherever to have you checked out it wouldn't be the concussion legacy foundation would it no okay. it may be a website they created but it was like a few letters that he gave out in a recent interview he did okay talking about his experiences right he's been working to get other athletes to donate their brains right okay so you know there is a story that has been just uh, a lightning bolt i guess across the country right now and we want to bring some spotlight to it are we still in your legal minute or are we oh we're out of it okay. i'm sorry no no you're good but the story involves the delaware state university their women's lacrosse team mm -hmm. they were traveling from Stenson University in Deland, Florida on April 19th. And the bus driver, Tim Jones, was initially told that he was improperly traveling in the left lane and the bus was pulled over by the police. So that was in Liberty County. According to the video that was taken by DSU player Sanya Kraft, it showed an officer saying, if there's anything in y'all's luggage, we're probably gonna find it, okay? I'm not looking for a little bit of marijuana, but I'm pretty sure you guys chaperones are gonna be disappointed in you if we find any. Do you already see where our issue is? Yeah. Okay. Escalated real quick. Oh, it escalated real quick, but also making an assumption that there's contraband on the bus. Okay. Uh -huh. So by that time, the sheriff deputies had begun removing players back from the vehicle cargage bay and began to search after asking Jones to open up the bags. They had a drug sniffing dog at the scene and deputies knew those who were on board were on the lacrosse team. Currently, the school, and including the school's president, is standing behind the lacrosse team. Of course, nothing was found on the bus, and the student athletes were rather shaken up. The president of Delaware State University, Tony Allen, he has said that they're reaching out to Georgia law enforcement and exploring options for recourse, both legal and otherwise, that are available to their student athletes, their coaches, and the universities. They're saying the students have been very traumatized, but they're proud of them for staying composed. When the team saw their luggage being removed before a deputy began their explanation, they were shocked. And the infuriating thing was the assumption of guilt, like we just talked about, that the deputies made against the lacrosse team and the fact that the team leadership didn't trust the girls. So one of the student athletes asked, how did this go from a routine traffic stop to narcotic sniffing dogs going through our belongings? Which is a very fair question in this situation. Very. The police officer said that on this stretch of highway, there are a lot of buses that are smuggling people and narcotics and they have to be diligent. And again, they knew that this was the lacrosse team on the bus. Ugh. Who do you turn to when law enforcement already presumes guilt when they encounter black people? We cannot continue to make it a crime to just live while being black. It's frustrating because they made the comment about drug smuggling and people smuggling on buses along this route. When you, even if you didn't know it was, and I know they tried to, they're saying they didn't know it was a school or a university bus before they stopped it. Okay, you did the quote unquote routine traffic stop. You get on, you see what it is. Clearly, that's not what's happening on this bus. It's a university sports team. Makes you wonder if it was their football team or if it was the University of Alabama football team, would they have treated them the same way? Right. The, the answer is obvious. No. Right. It was, like, oh, okay, they, they would let them pass because hey it's a school football team right i had something very similar happen to me like this when i took amtrak to chicago mm -hmm. i had 
check my bags underneath the train because you know you can either put them on the little thing inside the train or you can put them underneath okay i had them checked in underneath just because i felt like one i didn't need anything from my bag and two you don't really see who's walking off and on the train so anybody can grab your bag and just be gone so it was underneath cops came on right before we got to chicago and was talking to me whatever whatever mm-hmm. and i was like well you know can we check your bag mm-hmm. i was like huh he's like hey, you know we have a lot of drug smuggling in between here and chicago from this point we're just trying to check to see i said you know what sure you can check it if you can get to it well show, show me where your bag is it's under the train uh-huh. yeah no no, no but uh, well, we want to be able to check your bag so can you come show me where your bag is I said, it's under the train if you get them to stop this train and open up the bottom of the of it i'll let you look uh-huh. but your bag isn't down here and like he couldn't comprehend that my bag was underneath the train but why was he so adamant i don't know that's why i'm just like yo it's under the train i don't understand why we're having this miscommunication of where my bag is but yeah he was extra adamant and it's the same with these girls if this was a routine traffic stop you don't go from a routine traffic stop to having the dogs the dogs had to be there all right right the dogs was rolling with them right and so this wasn't a you 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 picked when we've seen this happen before when you pick the smallest infraction to pull over just to try to go see how far you can get or maybe get lucky of finding some kind of big bust right mm-hmm. and it seems like that's what it was and they went that route now trying to really find trying to find something to justify this right when it's not justifiable right at all well they had a press conference but i feel like the press conference left more questions than answers they were talking about the fact that the bus was in the left lane we pulled it over for that reason but why were you searching the bags why were the canines there it just left so many questions from the police's public statement and how often do they really pull people over for driving in the left lane right because I've seen quite a few folks driving slow in the left lane and if you're listening please move over right But okay, you pull the bus over. Right. Warning, ticket, keep it moving. But see, I don't understand how that reasoning of driving in the left lane was sufficient enough to have probable cause to go and look into other things on the bus. Like driving in the left lane is definitely a traffic infraction. Right. But not sufficient enough to say that, oh, you're driving in the left lane, so therefore that is substantial evidence for drug trafficking or human trafficking. Uh, It's the left lane and you're in a bus. If that's the case, then I need to be calling 911 every time. Somebody's in the left lane driving slow. If they're in a bus, that's the catch. Because remember, they said they had buses. Okay, so if a bus is in the left lane from now on, I don't care if it's a school bus, Greyhound, or whatever bus it is, I'm calling the police. Sure. Is that the new rule? That seems, if you're in Georgia. Oh, in Hinesville. Right. Okay. That seems to be the thing, because they're just stopping buses, even though clearly, because they said, yo, chaperones. So now, if you, even when they talk to them, they said, we don't care about a little bit of marijuana, but if you don't tell us, then so if you don't care about a little bit of marijuana, why are we doing this? Right. If there was something on them, right? Exactly. No, in, but no, because he already said the reason why was because the chaperones were going to be disappointed in them if he found them. So your mission wasn't really to find any big drug bust. Right. It was the means to embarrass these kids for in front of their chaperones because you've already negated the fact that, hey, there might not be a lot in there. But if there is, I intend to embarrass you. Right. You recognize what it is. Right. You recognize that it's a school bus a sports related bus trip and you're not gonna find what 
you think you're gonna find. It's not that trafficking thing, so you can't just let them go now. I guess you could have just said, hey, stay out the left lane, y'all keep it moving. Mm -hmm. But no, you choose not to. Right. For our next story, it's an unfortunate story, especially for the elite career that Cynthia Cooper Dyke has had over her collegiate and pro career. If you remember her, she has been the star for the Houston Comets. Mm -hmm. She's also coached at Texas Southern and Prairie View mm -hmm. and at the University of Southern California. Yes. According to the allegations, based on her coaching stops at Texas Southern, University of Southern California, and North Carolina Wilmington, there is a pattern of crude and demeaning language when dealing with players. In order to go down her coaching history, she did win four WNBA championships with the Houston Comets and then also named the finals MVP each season. She did go on the coach for the WNBA Phoenix Mercury before getting the coaching position at Prairie View in 2005. She led the Panthers to their first NCAA tournament and the program was placed on probation by the NCAA for violations, which included Cooper Dyke giving gifts and small amounts of cash to her players. Her next stop was at UNC Wilmington, where she lasted there for two years. And then she went for her first in at TSU, which was just one season, before landing the job at USC, her alma mater, for four seasons. Then she returned back to TSU for two years, and that's where the players began alleging her abusive behavior continued. This is just a report that was put out. There have been no cases filed or any charges filed against her. There was a glaring investigation that occurred before her retirement in March that was a Title IX actual investigation mm -hmm. that involved a no-contact order between the coach and her players except for during practices and games. So that was dropped after she retired. Right. So how this is going to play out, I don't know, because there seems to be that there has been some history of documentation and investigation that has occurred in this situation. And it really doesn't look good, but we will see. It doesn't. Some of the comments that she's I know. made. Uh, that's why I'm having trouble doing this story because you know what? I was at Prairie View mm -hmm. when she was a coach. Mm -hmm. Not saying I interacted with her at all. I didn't. Mm -hmm. So I really don't know much about her, her coaching style or anything like that. But I do know she did bring so much to the university. Sure. And really did help our program. Now, I don't know what the players endured with her. That has yet to be said because I think that they've only interviewed one Prairie View player. So I don't know if they're not willing to speak or if nothing happened at Prairie View in particular, but there just seems to be a pattern after it's, she left. When there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And this is too many allegations at too many different schools for this just to kind of be like, mm, I don't know. I don't know where this will go since she has retired from coaching and they stopped that Title IX investigation. I guess it'll be up for the papers to do their own thing. Of course, she is considered the GOAT of women's basketball, but there's players who talked about they felt suicidal for playing from her, from some of the stuff she was saying. Oh my gosh. For yeah. the stuff she was saying, it's a lot. Yeah. Oh my, I mean, for players to have to stop eating in front of her because they were concerned about her talking about their weight. Mm -hmm. Talking about her weight, mental health diagnosis. Well, did you see the remedy uh -huh. that she claimed? I do. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I just find it ugh. gosh, she's making this so hard for me right now because I, like I said, I had her on a pedestal because of what I saw from the outside. I don't see it. I don't know. Ooh. 
Lord Jesus. Okay. All right. So we got the NIL that's coming up. We talked about it last week where they are cracking down on these deals these athletes are getting. A lot of folks, Deion Sanders is one of them, have felt like it was getting out of hand. He said that it was turning college sports into like a free agency market. And based on how much money you got, you'll be able to get the player. So NCAA, NCAA, what they normally do, they had their committee get together and it's like, you know, how can we put a stop to this? So they republished some new guidelines that will clarify what is a booster, which includes recently created companies designed to provide athletes at a particular school with endorsement deals, because that's something we've been hearing about. Last week, we talked about the guy who created the company at a school down in Florida. I think it was University of Florida to help pay for the athletes. Company wasn't around before then. So they're saying those companies, those individuals, those boosters should not have any contact with prospective college athletes, their families, or their representatives. Uh-huh. This was crafted by a working group of athletic directors and conference commissioners who was tasked earlier this year with reviewing the evolving marketplace for college athletes. But the NIL, as we've talked about many times, it's very new. This is, of course, their first response uh-huh. to what's been happening with NIL. We know the NCAA has been known to go overreaching uh-huh. with their actions. Now, they have said they're not looking to pursue those who've broken this already. Right. But... That means it, you better act fast. It, doesn't, it also doesn't mean that they won't reserve the right to go back and do something to those who are, have already done this. All right, well, then don't listen to me. Right. It says, while the, <laughs> it says, while the NCAA may pursue the most outrageous violations that were clearly contrary to the interim policy adapted last summer, mm-hmm. our focus is on the future. Right. So the new guidance establishes a common set of explanations for the Division One institutions moving forward. But like I said, they reserve the right to go back and say, you know what? This was just really bad that what? you did over here in whatever school. Here comes the punishment. Right. So if you don't remember, we talked about last week, we did talk about that the boosters were actually creating companies. So they were designed to provide athletes at, with endorsement deals. And it was kind of aligned with the idea that the boosters shouldn't have any contact with prospective college athletes or their families or the representatives. So they're using those companies in order to shell, if you will, the funds that they were giving them for these deals. I don't know. I guess it does level the playing field a little bit because, of course, we know the boosters have a substantial amount of money right. to persuade athletes to follow whatever school or whatever that they have going on mm-hmm. for their um, for some money. So to kind of take away that influence, that will definitely help level the playing field for student athletes at various schools. Moving on, though, I wanted to highlight, once again, Brittany Griner. If you haven't seen during the NBA playoff games, the Suns are honoring the Phoenix Mercury star Brittany Griner on their home court for the remainder of the playoffs. On the sideline, there is a BG that's up there with the number 42 that was in honor of Brittany Griner. Her detainment has been reclassified and has now made it able for others to be able to talk about her case openly and actively protest for her release. Mm-hmm. So the NBA and WNBA are taking this opportunity to bring some attention to the situation that's been going on since February when she, being Brittany Griner, was detained in Russia for allegedly having bait cartridges containing hash oil in her luggage. That trial has yet to play out and the Biden administration are taking other means besides waiting for that trial to play out for her return back to the United States. It's something that everybody, or you've seen many posts talk about to keep the conversation going about her. Correct. 
this is just keeping that conversations going it's good to see the the sons showing some support of course she she's there in phoenix or she would have been there in phoenix it's just good for them to see that hey we're going to show our support the best way they can currently uh, hopefully that they will get in there they being the u.s government and whoever else needs to be involved with this with with getting her as well as other wrongful prisoners from over there back home it's something you know we'll, we'll continue to bring up something we'll continue to mention until they get her back we just don't have many updates on her situation unfortunately of how she's doing or what's going on uh, there's not a lot of information that's been coming out but we'll let you know what's been happening mm -hmm. speaking of things that are going around twitter controversial youtuber kevin samuels has passed away if if you don't know who he is, he's a self-proclaimed relationship guru and YouTube sensation that provided dating advice where he was self-proclaimed as a quote-unquote image consultant. Many say that he was demeaning to black women and really devalued black women in his rhetoric. There's been a lot of posts back and forth about his death. He did die of cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. It was a woman that he had just met and spent the night with him that night who called 911 after he collapsed on top of her when he was complaining about chest pains. Kevin Samuels, he was twice divorced, single, and figuratively alone at his death, which also points out the irony in Kevin Samuels' death is to remind us to be mindful of the energy that we put out, but also remind us to take anyone and anything that ranks our value as human beings with a grain of salt. We shouldn't celebrate in his passing, but I do hope that he rests in peace and his family does find comfort and strength during this time, because I do understand that his mom found out about her son's death on social media. Well, sadly, that's how a lot of people find out about the passing of their loved ones. I was, I've never watched any of his videos. I've always seen folks talk about it, seen people talk about it, or have their debates one way or the other. Yeah, he was definitely polarizing. He was a shock job. Right. It, it seems that you either loved him or hate him. Mm -hmm. If you were familiar with him, I think if you weren't kind of like I am, you right. had no opinion. Right. right. Didn't pay attention. Mm -hmm. And so I know there are those who, like you said, it's not a time for celebrating right because there's definitely people who were impacted in the negative way with how they're feeling his family fans friends what have you he wasn't like the only one i think who was had these kind of rhetoric, like this kind of yeah. rhetoric podcast show whatever yeah. it was at, at the end of the day you never know when it's going to be your time right how you're going to go no matter what shape you believe yourself to be in or even if you get checked out no matter what shape you're in you never know what's going to happen try to live the life the best you can you know this Friday is a big day in the hip-hop world. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Well, Kendrick Lamar is dropping his long-awaited fifth album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. He kick-started his rollout on Sunday with a new song and video for The Heart Part 5, a new entry in the series of the songs he began back in 2010. His face transformed in the video to Kanye West, Jesse Smollett, Will Smith, who are all notably in the news for recent problematic behavior. The transformation seems to correlate with the lyrics throughout the song. Mm -hmm. When OJ appeared, when he made reference to Jay-Z's line from the story of OJ, and then Ye's face appearing in the land where hurt people, hurt people, and that's when Will Smith's face appears. Also, the images of Kobe Bryant and Nipsey Hussle mm -hmm. were used in the video as well. I haven't seen it, have you? No, I, I haven't watched it yet. I've seen it blow up on social media with everybody sharing it mm -hmm. or talking about it. 
about it. I just haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it. There is a rapper out of Jersey mm-hmm. who was saying that he stole the idea from the video from his previous oh, video where he did the same thing and used faces of Jay-Z and other rappers he admired. And he's like, it's the same backdrop. Like, it was just a backdrop and just me and my face being morphed. And he's like, I'm not saying Kendrick saw my video or was out there checking for my video, but it's just a real coincidence that my video that I released in 2020 with Universal is this. You know, with this whole thing with deep fakes that they're doing now, AI technology and all the other stuff, I don't think that he was necessarily copying off of him. I think what you just said was that he was doing it more to acknowledge and pay respect to some of his favorite rappers. And I think that Kendrick Lamar was using it more in a way for lyrically as he is a lyricist and sure. he was trying to create the images by just using himself, which is phenomenal of him using that technology. I don't think we've ever seen it used in this capacity before. No. Unless you watch that other guy's video, but who other guy? The the rapper who did the same thing. But yeah, but unless I, you didn't copyright it, I don't. I don't right, care. and he's, <laughs> he's not trying to bring you know any. He has no lawsuit to bring if he didn't right. copyright it. And he's not even trying to do that. What he he was trying to point that out. I'd laugh because I think for the most part, there's not many singular ideas. You know how they say if you have an idea, you better do it before somebody else does, because somebody else will think about it if you give them enough time. So maybe you did it first, mm-hmm. but doesn't mean. I don't even know how many people saw his video to begin with, but it doesn't mean that somebody else wouldn't have that same idea, right? If uh-huh. It's one thing they used to tell entrepreneurs all the time, you know, if you got that idea, you better run with it because whether you tell somebody or not, somebody else may very well come up with that same idea or that same concept, and then you will just be sitting there saying, no, I'll give you my copyright tip of the day, and remember, inspiration is never a means or justification to say duplication. I can be inspired by a lot of things right and i can make something that's similar but it will never be the same and so therefore in a copyright and from a legal standpoint inspiration means zero that means thank you for showing it off thank you for inspiring my creative juices if you will to produce a painting drawing dance or whatever it is Mm -hmm. but that could not be used as justification to say that i infringed on anything right and so for him to sit there and say oh well you're copying everything you're doing well, no, at the most, at the very most, all he can say is, I appreciate Kendrick for you being inspired by me. Right. And that, that's what I'm saying. That's not what he was saying. And that's not what I was saying. What I was getting to is if you have an idea, you act on it. Because if not, somebody else will have that same idea and you will see it out there being successful and then be like, yo. Right. But I what? had that thought. I'm not saying that you're going after somebody. No. You're more or less mad at yourself because you didn't act on this great idea that somebody did. And, and you, you, yeah. You can't. You don't have any claim to it, but right. there's been many times where folks are like, man, I thought about that, right? And but, I didn't do it. And now look at this guy. I could have been. That could have been me, right? And it could have been you. But again, I tell people all the time, yeah, you can go out and act on it, but if you don't get the required legal protections, mm-hmm. such as me being the IP lawyer here, <laughs> the trademarks, copyrights, and patents, trade secrets, doing that to protect your stuff. Not only are you bound to be in business with a competitor because right. you didn't protect your stuff, but you are liable to not also be able to collect the revenue that you anticipated because somebody's out there doing the same thing that you failed to protect. Right. So this is what happened and this is a lesson learned that I know that every listener from now on will definitely make sure that they protect their intellectual property. Okay. And great news and black excellence. We're here. We've made it to the black excellence. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So congrats to the students at Wiley College out in Marshall, Texas. 
Well, one, they graduated, so we recently had a graduation there. Of course, Wiley College is the HBCU, and they were told at their commencement ceremony that an anonymous donor has paid off their entire student loan balances. Hey! I know. So, they... You and I graduated. Right? Over 100 students were gathered for the graduation on Saturday when the school's president made the announcement. According to the news release, the estimated total for the balance owed by the college for the graduating class of 2022 was $300,000. So whoever that anonymous person was, I know on behalf of the students, thank you, thank you, and thank you. If you're not familiar with Wiley College, you might have seen the movie The Great Debaters that starred Denzel Washington that was inspired by actually a 1935 debate in which Wiley College prevailed over USC, mm-hmm. who was then a powerhouse, when the nation was heavily segregated. Not only this is historically back college, but they are definitely a part of history. Right. Yeah, congratulations to the students. I'm glad that they are just able to get this done and able to move forward with whatever's next for their their bright futures. Uh, have you been out to Wiley College before? No, I've never been to Wiley. Uh-huh. I don't think I've been out there. It's a way East Texas. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I did a presentation there once years ago. Nice campus was nice people and all around good folks there. So yeah. Hey, if you have some extra time this week, we have something for you to do. Yep. Retired Sergeant Vic. Victor Butler is believed to be the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen in Rhode Island. Okay, so he was one of the black military pilots and airmen who made history while fighting in World War II. Mm-hmm. You know, they broke barriers and led the way to desegregating the military. And Butler actually became a mechanic for the Tuskegee Airmen working on legendary planes all while dealing with racism. He's turning 100 on May 21st, mm-hmm. and he's hoping to get cards from his fellow Americans, and he says he'll read every one of them. He's about to be busy. Right. If you have some time, send him a birthday card for his 100th birthday, if you can. So you can send your happy birthday wishes to Victor Butler in care of Gary Butler. The address is P.O. Box 3523, Cranston, Rhode Island, 02910. Again, his name is retired Sergeant Victor Butler. Mm-hmm. The last surviving Tuskegee Airman wow. in, Rhode, in Island. Rhode Island. Yes. Wow. Wish him a happy birthday. Well, you know what? We're going to wish him a happy birthday on air. Mm-hmm. So, happy birthday to Mr. Victor Butler. Yes. Happy birthday. And we wish you many the more. best and many more. Yes. Hey. Yes. And the picture, he doesn't even look, I don't know when this picture was taken, but I can promise you he doesn't look 99 in this picture at all. That was in the article. So he's looked like he probably is still spry. Right. So also we want to shout out two appointments in the U.S. government. One being the White House Deputy Press Secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre. She will be the new press secretary and actually the first black press secretary. Did you know that? She's going to be the first few things, but yeah. Wow. She's the first black woman and openly LBGTQ White House press secretary. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. All right. Jen Posky is the exiting White House secretary right now, but she did say that she's a remarkable woman who will soon be behind the podium every day. I'm excited to see her every day behind that podium and seeing those twist outs, because you do see her in a twist out. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love that we can see someone in such a prominent position that looks like us. Your hair is like 
like us, you understand you gotta twist it out at night. Yeah, I mean, twist it up at night to twist it out in the morning. Mm -hmm. Sis. I'm so proud. Yeah. And then other one, this one's kind of special to me because I actually interned with them while in law school. Congratulations to Reggie Townsend. He's now the director of the Data Ethics Practice of Analytics and Artificial Intelligence, which is part of the National Artificial Intelligence Advisory Committee. That is under the Department of Commerce. He formerly worked at the software company SAS whoop, whoop, out in Cary, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. He has gone up the ranks at the organization and even the SAS CEO gave him a shout out and saying that as much impact that he had at the organization, he knows that his wise counsel will be useful in his new role. Congratulations to him and why I feel like this is important. I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary. It's called Coded Bias and it's about how artificial intelligence can be biased against black people. For instance, when police use it to surveil different places, how it picks up black features and it focuses on them sometimes, or in situations where you have to use facial ID mm -hmm. that some foreign people your features might not be able to be registered. Well, he can definitely help provide a, a better platform mm -hmm. for AI and make sure that it is inclusive yeah. for all. That was an issue when, when the self-driving cars, of course, when they first came out, and even as they are out, that's something that they had to tweak, where, as, as you mentioned, recognizing black people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the cars weren't recognizing black people, so they wouldn't stop, which, of course, that can be a problem. Whether right. you're trying to catch a cab or just trying to cross the street. Right. Yeah, it's important to have folks who look like us. I think, you know, in this space, as you were highlighting, and it's going to be great to see how they progress forward as the technology progresses forward and seeing how it can make lives possibly better. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, stories for today. Target. They announced back in 2021 that they were going to spend more than $2 billion at Black-owned businesses by 2025. And I guess they're trying to keep up on that promise. So as a part of the retailers initiative, they'll be adding 400 black owned businesses to their broad spectrum of offerings from beauty products to beverage items. And they will spend at more black owned companies from marketing to construction. If you're a black owned business, this is a great opportunity for you to get out there and get your business as a part of this initiative. In 2020, Target established its Racial Equality Action and Change Committee, which composed of senior leaders from across the company who represent a diverse range of perspectives and expertise mm -hmm. to help guide their efforts to engage and fight the end to systematic racism in the U.S. They're trying to make a lasting impact in the black community. And I don't know how you necessarily sign up to be a part of this or if there is a sign up. But if there is, you know, we'll put it on our social media. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can go to their website or probably even Google that reach initiative and see mm -hmm. what you would need to do. I remember when Target first rolled this out. Matter of fact, I think there was some commercials for some black products that they had put out there and was actually advertising at Target stores. They got some flack for mm -hmm. from folks like, oh, here you go again, the usual race baiting and this, that, and the third. It's good to see that they haven't swayed from that initiative, from that goal, from that desire, and is looking to help black-owned businesses have their products in their stores, because at the end of the day, that's kind of the hardest thing for a lot of them, is getting a chance to have your product in a national chain, national retail store. All right. Well, all right. Whew. That was a lot for today. Yep. 
<laughs> but we made it through. Again, as our quick housekeeping, you can definitely hear our full show and make sure you stay connected with us to hear the full show. You can listen to on Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, FM Player, Pandora, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and Apple Podcasts. But don't forget to connect with us online on social media at Facebook and Instagram at The Grapevine Talk and Twitter at The Grapevine ATX. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. You know, earlier you said that you drank some water and you hope your voice make it? Yeah. It did. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. I didn't know either. Oh, yeah. It made it, thankfully. My voice held together. We had another fun show. And it's of been a, another fun time hanging out with you and the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make sure, like she said, y'all follow us on social media. And don't be afraid to interact. Yeah, comment. Mm. I comment back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. Wait, are you saying, mm-hmm, like, you know I'm going to comment back? Or are you saying, mm-hmm, like, yes, we are going to comment back? Yes. You know what? <laughs> Y'all, it's been fun. Real fun. Yo. But, like, all good things, all good things uh, must come to an end. You'll get comments from both of us. Wow. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, we will check in with y'all next week. Uh-huh. You are listening to The Grapevine yeah. here on KZI 88.7 FM. Hey. Ha, <laughs>